Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 236. And here's the real key to taking great pictures on your smartphone is just do it outside. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. We're entering into the holiday season where everything is shiny, glittery, and oh so visual. So the topic of this show couldn't come at a better time. We're talking about how to take pictures that present your products in the best light possible. Oops, (laughs) no planned pun here. Should I re-record this? No, I'm just going to let it go. (laughs) So taking pictures in the best light possible and why your photography is so important, not just now, but throughout the year. Whether it's your website, promotional materials, or even some of your Insta stories, Getting great photos and having new ones always at hand makes life so much easier. Best of all, expensive equipment doesn't have to be part of the equation anymore, making this achievable for all of us. But before we get into the show, I want to share with you a new section to the show that I'm going to be including on a random basis called the Past Guest Spotlight. You know, we've had an opportunity through this podcast to learn the stories of others in terms of how they've gotten to where they are at the time that we do the interview. But that's not where the story stops. Our guests, just like you, continue on their journey and continue to do remarkable things. So this new past guest spotlight is meant to share achievements that past guests have had since our chat. It demonstrates what I say all along. It's a journey, and step by step, a business evolves. It never just gets to one place and stays the same. My very first past guest spotlight is on Lisa Wojak of Black Bow Suites. Her show is number 179 that aired back in September of 2018. A few months after that, Lisa's product was featured as the deal of the day on the Today Show. And with that appearance, she sold over 700 gift sets in just a few hours. I'd love for you to go back and listen to that episode. What you'll hear is how Lisa started out and built her business. You'll also be reminded that she was once just starting her business with lots of questions, just like you and then going on to do great things. This is meant to excite and energize you to move forward with your plans because big things are achievable for you too. I'll link the Today Show video as well as her podcast episode to the show notes page so you'll have easy reference to both of those. And now, let's get into how to take some awesome pictures, shall we? Today, I have the pleasure of bringing you Erin Nace of Flern. Erin studied at North Carolina State University and obtained a degree in industrial design. 
Graduating from college, he thought his path was clear to one day becoming an automotive or furniture designer. That is until a six-month-long journey to South America transformed his life forever. It was during this time that he fell in love with photography and its power to both facilitate and share adventures. In 2011, Aaron founded Flern to bring free creative education to everybody around the world and today to all of us on the podcast. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, Aaron. Thanks so much. So good to be here. I'm so excited we get a chance to talk about a topic that I think challenges a lot of the listeners. So I know this is going to be a good one. But before <laughs> we dive into all of that, I'd like you to share with us who you are in a bit of a creative way, and that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to describe your candle by color and quote, what would it look like? Well, I guess we're going to say it's going to be made with soy wax, all natural. I'm a hippie at heart here, so. Love it. <laughs> and the scent would have to be as natural essential oils, too. Probably rose, because that's one of my favorite scents in a candle. Color, uncolored. I'm just like, let's keep those dyes out of there. Let's just keep it nice and simple and pure. <laughs> and if it were to have any type of message, I would say as creatives, I know myself, I'm always getting obsessed and like getting into new projects and trying to build my creative vision. And sometimes I can get a little bit too deep into it and I need to like take a break and relax and let myself recharge. So I would say like a quote on the candle would just be remember that like the downtime is just as important as the uptime. That's what fuels you to be creative and continue to pursue your passions. Perfect. Love that. And I think you're right. We can get so buried into, I'm thinking for our listeners, the making of their product and spend so much time there and obsess about it <laughs> past <laughs> what's necessary, perhaps. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like that extra two or three hours you stayed up at night working on something. It's like, well, maybe I didn't even do anything during that time. Maybe it's just me trying to make something perfect. Yeah. Sometimes it can be good to just take a break get some rest and come back with a fresh mind. Oh my gosh, that's a lesson for me right there. <laughs> I need to listen to you for sure. <laughs> All of us creatives. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we talked just a short time in the pre-chat and I was sharing with you that a lot of the people who are listening here understand photography, but I think are afraid of it because they know pictures maybe need to be perfect. They don't know how then they just put pictures up because they need pictures up if they're starting a website and all of that. So I think direction here from you is going to be really helpful. But let's start with grounding everybody on photography. Why is photography important? It might be obvious, but let's start there. Sure. So these days, anything we're selling, it probably makes good sense to have an online store, some sort of portal where your visitors can shop remotely, just allows you to reach more people, allows you to be online and up for sale for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So obviously years and years ago, if you're doing face-to-face -face sales, someone can pick up your product, they can feel it in their hands, they can experience it themselves and make a pretty good decision about whether that's gonna work for them or not. These days, because so much of our business has moved to the online platform, good photographs kind of play that role. They allow your customer to get an idea of how that product is going to work in their life. And the quality of those images, as well as the style of those images, can play a lot into your brand as well. 
if you've got like a sporty, fun, colorful brand, you can integrate those things into your photography. If you're more like a classic minimalist, your photography might be like a perfect white background, like very simple, just the product with no harsh lighting. There's a lot of different fun things you can do with photography to extend your brand. Okay. And I also have always felt that even if you have a more casual product, for example, the quality of the photo is so important because it kind of indirectly talks about who you are as a business in terms of the professionalism of your business overall. So even if you have like a rustic, casual type product, you still want sharp, really on point images. Yeah, you know, it's just another tool that you can use to communicate the quality and the energy and professionalism and the care that you put into your entire brand. So just as copy, like written word is super important on any of your marketing, your logo or icon is super important. Just keeping a good, consistent design flow, making sure things aren't cluttered. The photography plays an important role there as well. And I think especially because we're in such a visual age, especially now with Instagram being a huge platform, also things like Etsy and Pinterest, people are looking at images first. And then from there, they're going to make a decision whether they want to even read much of the copy on your website. So it's one of those tools that you can use. And it's so impactful. They say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? One single photograph to make or break a product sale for you. And that's why it's super important to have great photos. You don't have to spend a ton of money and like hire professionals and things like that. But approaching your photography with a bit of we're going to help you out with this in this interview, but with a little bit of foresight and just making sure you can do the best job you can possibly do on any budget will most definitely benefit you and your business. Perfect. I think you've captured everyone's attention when you said that it could make or break a sale. And I totally agree with you there. So let's, given that a good portion of our listeners and even people who are already established in business, I know have told me that they know their pictures could be better. So let's start from the beginning. And I also feel like what you just said, where it doesn't have to be hard, it doesn't have to be intimidating, because we're all thinking cameras and lenses and all that (laughs) stuff, too. So we're going to try and keep it as simplistic and easy and doable for all of you gift biz listeners as we can. So let's start right at the top. How about that? So Aaron, what do you say in terms of someone who's just going to start improving their image? What equipment do they need in the most simplistic form? You can add on to it, like if you want to elevate the levels to, you might say like beginner, medium, and expert, or wherever you want to take this is fine for me. Yeah, obviously there's many different levels of every type of skill and every type of craft. But I would say to start with, let's not go out and start spending money. Let's just figure out what we can do with the equipment we have. So let's just say you're photographing some of your products on your smartphone. Most of us these days have a phone with a pretty decent camera on it probably have a friend who has a new iPhone with a fancy camera on it. So you could borrow theirs if you don't have one. But my big, big advice is think about light. So cameras love light as much light as possible. And the quality of the light, whether it's a hard light, and a hard light is when you see a hard shadow, like an outline of the shadow, or a soft light where it's just kind of like a fuzzy shadow. 
those things can play a big role in your overall brand. So my big suggestion for people trying to take better photos on the cheap here is first you want to choose what type of background you're going to put your photo on. I would say the classic, classic background is just a white background. And you can just get a piece of large white paper or like cardstock, something like that, an arts and crafts store. That's a fantastic option. Also, really nice looking distressed wood is always going to be a classic option as well. So start off by choosing your background and have that correlate to your brand. Are you more of this rustic lifestyle brand? Maybe a beautiful wood background would make sense for your products. Or do you want things to just be clean and minimal? Then a white background might be good for you. So start off with choosing your background. The second thing you want to do is try to style your products a little bit. And you'll want some photos of just the products by themselves. But you'll also want some photos of how those products interact with your customers and maybe how they might be displayed in their home or if it's a clothing or a wearable, how that's going to look on a subject. Let's say you are going to be photographing a wearable. Go ahead and find someone who you think would represent your brand. Make sure they're wearing clothing that would represent your brand and then they can wear your wearable and you can photograph them like that. So my big advice here is come to these photos with a little bit of preparation and a little bit about what you want to say with these photos. So that's step number one. And then you can totally take great pictures on your iPhone or smartphone, whatever you've got. I really do believe that. And here's the real key to taking great pictures on your smartphone is just do it outside. Do it outside. If you can do this on like an overcast day, in other words, when there's clouds in the sky, and the shadows on the ground are soft. And again, by soft shadows, I mean you can't see the outline of the shadow. It's just like almost everything like that blurs together. So outside on an overcast day, put your piece of white foam core on the ground, set up your little product display on the ground and photograph it from the top down. Your camera loves as much light as it can get and those photos are going to turn out great because when you think about a big 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 sky on an overcast day that's what professional photographers refer to as a softbox it's basically like you have a hundred miles softbox lighting your product right you can't really get any better than that so outside on an overcast day that is a recipe for success Perfect. I love that. And I'd heard that before. I'd already been writing down, what about outside? So (laughs) before I even said anything, that's wonderful. But Aaron, Mm -hmm. you and I live in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) And many people, like part of the year, they're going to be able to be outside. Totally. What do you do when you need to take photos in the winter and you can't bring your stuff outside? Yes. In front of a window with a lot of natural light or is that a good second best? Yes, most definitely. So in front of a window with a natural light and try to get pretty close to the window if you can. And then the other suggestion is light bounces around. It's one of those things where it'll just kind of keep bouncing forever. And how you can use this to your benefit is you've got light coming in through your window and that's going to light one side of your product, right? But there's a good chance the other side of your product is going to be too dark because you've only got light coming from one side. So what you want to do is just put a piece of white paper or white foam core or even silver. You can use aluminum foil here just wrapped around a piece of foam core, something sturdy. And what that's going to do is it's going to reflect the light from your window and fill in the shadows on the other side. 
So believe it or not, reflectors simply like white pieces of foam core or pieces of aluminum foil, those tricks are used by high-end professional photographers all the time to fill in shadows. So you can do the same thing without any budget. So just think about you've got light coming in from one side on the window. You want to place your reflector or white piece of foam core directly on the other side. It's going to bounce some of the light back from the window and onto your product, filling in those shadows and giving you a more even exposure. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. I've seen, I don't know if it's just in the movies or real life, I don't know, but I've seen often photographers with these boards and positioning them and all of that. And it's because of the reflection, like you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something that's like, you don't have to do a search for photography reflectors. Of course, there are products out there that are specialized for that, but a white t-shirt will do it. A white bed sheet can work. It's, it's super simple. You're just looking to reflect light and white does a really good job. If you want to reflect more light, bring in something silver. But aluminum foil totally does a great job. So this is not something where you have to buy a specialized product. All you're trying to do is add more light and reflect some of the existing light. All right, perfect. And I am thinking also at even like Target or some craft stores, you know, they have those trifold posters for like student displays. Things like that could probably work too. That'd be so good. As long as it's white, you don't want it to be brown because if you start using different colors, those colors will actually start to come into your scene as well. So you want to choose a neutral color, preferably white. Okay. So one more question on light. If we're doing the inside version, then what about any lights that we have, like heaven forbid, fluorescent lights, which is what I have in my office. Do you turn all of that off then so it doesn't compete with the light from the window? Definitely turn it off. Yeah, okay. most definitely. And some days are brighter than others. Like, again, we live in Chicago. So sometimes I look at the window and I'm like, uh, is it night? Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe just wait a few hours, wait till a day when you have a decent amount of light coming through those windows. Oh, good point. Okay. All right. Wonderful. And I think it would make sense to plan your photo shoot. Like, let's say you decide it's going to be a certain day. You wait till a good time. And I'm thinking you take a few pictures, see what they look like, and then decide if you need to wait or if they look good, right? A hundred percent. And I also recommend keeping things consistent. So as you come out with new products, as you come out with new variations, you want to make sure that your photos match from one product to another. So maybe just take a little snapshot of your setup, have a good idea of what time of day you took those pictures, if the lighting was soft or hard. So when you go to take new pictures, you can do your best to replicate your original ones and everything should look consistent on your website. Oh, so smart. Yeah, it sounds so easy, but until you say it, you don't just don't think about it, I guess. So and then also, I think a good place to make this comment is right here, plan your photo shoot. So you do a lot of photos at one time. So when you're set up, you just take care of as much as you possibly can. And that way, you're not continually setting up, breaking it down, setting up, breaking it down, just do as much as you can at one time. Yeah. And if you are more of a high volume store, sometimes it might make sense to have a little setup kind of like permanently up. This could be in the corner of an office or wherever it is. That way you can just kind of always go back to this area and have consistency day after day. Makes sense. Okay. So as you start talking about the lifestyle shots, do you have any comments about angles or how that should actually happen so you can get the best photo possible? 
So again, I recommend doing this outside on a cloudy day if possible. That's just going to be, that's like all your lighting is taken care of. What if you're a quilter? So you want to have a quilt over a couch or something. Oh yeah, beautiful. Again, I would recommend placing that couch so it's going to get a lot of natural sunlight from the windows. So don't be afraid to move things around and set up your scene a little bit. If you're a quilter, you're designing this quilt. My mom's a quilter, so I'm well aware of how much energy goes into making quilts. And you're putting thought into every little part of this quilt. So use your photos as the same extension of your creativity. Is there something distracting in the background? Move it. Take it out of there. Move the couch so it's going to get a lot of natural light. And then you can choose your angles from there. So I would say take a variety of pictures as well from a variety of different distances. So you'll want to make sure you take it back up a little bit and get that quilt in the whole scene of a living room, like what it looks like folding over the couch, and then get a little bit closer and see what it looks like next to some nice pillows. So maybe you also want to have a friend of yours who is happy to be in photos, have them lay on that couch and put the quilt over them and have them sip a nice cup of cocoa and look really cozy and make sure their clothes are ironed and make sure they're looking their best. And then you've got a bunch of different variations of like, okay, I see what this quilt looks like on its own. I also see how it's going to be used in my home. And by the end of it, your customer is going to have a really good idea of how that might work in their lives. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I'm also thinking then you've got just the description that you just made, then you have photography for your website, and you also have really good social media photos too, in action, in use photos. A hundred percent. Way better for social media than just posting your product, a picture of your product. Yeah, and you can post them side by side. That can be your flow. You could Mm -hmm. post your product on white and then a picture of your product being used in an environment and kind of go back and forth with that too. Yeah, and right now, carousel posts are favored by the algorithms. So to your point, Aaron, about like different photos, if you just do a carousel post, which means you upload the same picture into that post, people are going to stay on your account for longer looking at that post and it's going to spread further. So more people will see it. So I love that idea of the same photo, but just some different angles, some lifestyle. And there you could then put your single piece image to like the flat lay or something. A hundred percent. Yep. Got it. Okay. So what else do you think is important for us to consider in addition to our iPhone on the tech end? We'll carry on with this discussion right after a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. So if the iPhone isn't doing as good of a job as you'd like, there are a bunch of other options out there. And this may not be the time to go out and purchase a camera. There are many, many rental houses out there. If you live in a larger city like we live in Chicago, there are companies that will rent you nicer cameras. There are also websites online. If you just type in lens rentals or camera rentals online, you can rent some really beautiful cameras and lenses for as little as maybe 20 or $30 a day. So this isn't the time when you have to go out and start taking these pictures. There's a good chance that someone in your life, if you're not familiar with how to use these cameras, there's a good chance that someone in your life already is familiar and maybe they can give you like a little crash course to be like, okay, set it up like this. Here's what you want to keep in mind. 
and kind of go from there. But you don't really have to get too complex with the technology. As your cameras get better and your lighting gets better, really those things set you up for more consistency and higher quality images that might display better on larger formats. But you can take a bad photo on a really nice camera and you can take a great photo on a smartphone. So it's not the technology that's gonna make or break it, it's what you're putting into the photograph itself. Pay more attention to the scene that you're photographing than the technology you're using to photograph the image. Okay, all right, so let's stick with, because I think most people will be doing it themselves. So let's stick with the iPhone just as an example, because I think that if you have an iPhone or an Android, I think you're right. I mean, I joke around with my husband, who's a hobby photographer, we'll go on vacation. And lots of times my pictures from my phone are way better than his pictures from his camera. He gets really (laughs) disappointed, but (laughs) I could have used another word, but disappointed is the way I'm going to go with it. So let's just go with that, because I think that's the most doable for everyone who's listening. So now we get into, we've got the photo. What do we do now? Do we just put it up or what happens next? My suggestion would be to do a bit of post-processing or a bit of editing on that photo. So things like, okay, let's say we photograph a product on a white background, but there's a good chance that that white background in the final image is not gonna be pure white. It's probably gonna be light gray. That has to do with how cameras take pictures. A camera doesn't actually want things to be pure white because in a camera's mind, that's overexposed. So taking an image of a product on a white background, your camera is going to still make that gray. It's going to change the exposure to make it a little bit more gray. So in post-production, you want to go in there and brighten those photos up just a bit to make sure that that background really is pure white. And you can do that I mean, they're most definitely apps for your smartphone. A big one that I suggest is called Lightroom. Lightroom for desktop and mobile. It's the same piece of software. You can get it on your computer, on your tablet, on your smartphone, and you can do wonderful edits on that piece of software. So if you're looking for one piece of software, Lightroom for desktop and mobile is the one that I recommend. It's incredibly powerful, and you can use it both as a professional or just as a hobbyist. Okay. And so when you are lightening your photos, are you also then lightening the product? So you have the ability within your post-processing piece of software to do either. You can make just the background lighter or you can make the product lighter as well. It really depends on how the final image comes out and what you feel you need to do to get an accurate representation of that product. Okay. All right. So that's a product specific where it's just the image. Then what do you do with the lifestyle photos? And I'm just thinking, you know, everyone's talking now about the portrait mode that you now have on iPhones. I'm not sure about Androids, whether they have it or not. Do you do I have to do anything with those photos in post-production? or post-photo taking, I'm not sure (laughs) how to call it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it post-production. So yes, I would most definitely recommend doing some sort of adjustments. I mean, oftentimes, maybe your shadows are a little bit too dark. Let's say you take a picture of a person with the light is from overhead, and like they have dark shadows in their eyes. That's a very common issue we see all the time. So post-production software will allow you to lighten those shadows up. And again, programs like Lightroom make this very simple. There's just a slider that says shadows. You just click and drag it to brighten up your shadows. You can adjust the overall colors. Maybe you want your images to be a little more vibrant. You can adjust the sharpness of your images. Just 
I would say 30 seconds of changes in one of these post-production softwares like Lightroom can make a huge, huge difference in your images. So I personally would recommend taking all of your product photos, all of your photos that are going to be associated with their brand and take them through a little bit of post-production because it can make a big, big difference in your images. Okay. So with social media, you know, there are 7,000 million editing apps, right? Then there's apps that'll allow you to do text overlays and the video stuff and all (laughs) that. And I probably have most of them on my phone and I don't ever use them. (laughs) Oh, that's not true. I use a couple of them. But so Lightroom is what you suggest overall. I'm thinking whatever someone decides to do, they should be consistent with their methods overall. To your point earlier about having all of your pictures look similar, right? Definitely. Yeah. The more consistent you can be in your photography, the more your brand is going to seem consistent. And you don't necessarily want some of your photos to look like old and some of them to look new. It's a representation of your product. So you want to make sure that all of your products look equally as good all of the time. Right. So and if you were going to have them look that way, then they all should look that way. If that's your brand. Most definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you think about the filters that people put on? I think that they can work for like lifestyle type photos where you're taking a picture of a friend out in a field at sunset, wearing your product or whatever. Totally put some filters on it. Keep it light if you can. When it comes to just products or photos of your products themselves, got a white background, stay away from those filters because those will put different colors in the highlights and the midtones and the shadows. So it's not only going to create a misrepresentation of your product, but you're also going to be taking that. You spend all this effort to photograph something on a white background. All of a sudden, that white is turning more of like a yellowy color with some of these filters. So I would recommend staying away from those filters for strict product photos. But again, lifestyle stuff, just kind of like hanging out stuff. Sure thing. And don't forget, black and white is always a classic. So that's an easy go to. All right. I think at this point, because I have another question, but before I can ask that question, I think we should talk a little bit more about Flurn and what you're all about and what you provide as a service, because that's going to lead into my next question. Yeah, for sure. So we teach all this stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm here like use one of these post-production softwares to do this and this, which is very difficult. Because then you say how, (laughs) right? Yeah. How? How am I going to see that? So Flurn is my company and we teach you how to do all this stuff. And it's all videos where you see the screen recording, you see the instructor, everything is just follow along. You get sample images that you can download and you can follow along so you can watch a few of these videos and really get a good idea of how to master these skills. So we have hundreds and hundreds of free tutorials on YouTube. That's a great place to start. And then on our website, we cater to everyone from the amateur all the way to the high-end professionals. So we have more advanced tutorials on our website as well. And that's part of a subscription package. So you pay once and you get access to everything. Okay, perfect. Would it be possible to find out what free tutorials or what free YouTube videos, maybe just a couple, represent things that we just talked about, like the iPhone and Lightroom, or should we just Google it when we get into YouTube? What's the best? You know what? I'll send them over to you and we'll just pop in the show notes if you don't mind, and then people can just click right there. That would be great. Okay, so this leads me into my next question, which is about Photoshop. On 
the side of one of my other companies, the ribbon print company, we often will get logos or things that we need to work with on behalf of a customer. And so we're seeing a little bit of a need for more Photoshop expertise. Mm -hmm. So my question here is kind of twofold. Do you see more of these advanced, even if it was Photoshop elements maybe, but do you see the need for some of this more advanced photo editing necessary for what we were initially talking about, which is the product photos and the stream of information we've talked about up to this point? Would there be a reason to pull in like a bigger powerhouse editing program like Photoshop for that? So Photoshop is so powerful in the terms you can really do just about anything that you want. So here's the idea. If your photo comes out fantastic straight out of camera, you really don't need to do that much to it, right? If you're like, dang, that's a great photo. I'm like, hey, come look at this photo I just took. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I did this. You know what I mean? Like, if it comes out like that, then great. But we all know that's not always the case. Sometimes you need something a little bit different in your photo. And Photoshop is the best program out there for making those changes. And when it comes to retouching your products, we actually just released on Flurn, like this was last week, a tutorial called Product Retouching for E-Commerce. It is exactly this. It's wow. helping <laughs> you get better images. We've got B-roll of us taking these pictures and the editing from start to finish. Stuff like extending your backgrounds. Like what happens if you take a square crop of your image, but then you're like, oh, I want to use this as a banner on the top of my website. We show you how to extend those backgrounds to any direction and make them look perfect. There's so many different wonderful things that you can do in Photoshop that really help your products to stand out. And just timing wise just happened to work out. We just released that product. Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> I think you bring up a good point too, that there are times when what you've taken off of your phone and go through, make sure you're outside if you can, inside with the setup that we've talked about, and then doing the post-processing through Lightroom. So you have good photos. Those could be your for your product displays, but there might be a time when you need to up the level of the photo, for example, like you're talking about your website banners. I mean, that's the first impression that anybody gets to your website and you don't even know if they're there. So you don't have a chance to talk to them. Everything is about the image. So those would be good things to really spend some extra time on. Yeah. And as your business grows, the need for those type of photos will continue to increase. If you're not already sending out newsletters, getting people on a mailing list and sending out newsletters is a great way to engage with your audience. And putting a beautiful photo in a newsletter is a great way to get them to click through to your website. So it's not going to hurt your brand to have stunning images of your products. It's only going to help. And you right. can have those in your back pocket and use them for whatever you need. It can fill up a large amount of space and make designing just about anything much easier. And I think I'm all about making sure that our time is used in the best possible way. Once you find a system that's working, you take this direction, you start doing your photos like we're talking about. And I think, Erin, exactly what you said, if you have an area that you can dedicate so that it's already ready to go, it cuts down on the time for sure. It ensures, for the most part, consistency, et cetera. But once you've got a system down, then just keep going with it. And it depends on which levels you need to go to based on where you're going to use those photos. So then the other thing, and I'm specifically talking now to people who are customers who are listening to this podcast, who are part of the ribbon print company, when 
we're getting logos in or pictures that we need to edit because we want them to look good when we're printing on ribbon. I hear from you guys a lot about I don't know how to use Photoshop, or even if it's the smaller version, and Erin, you can talk to this probably more than I can in a second, but even if you're using Elements, which is probably an easier program for us, it's a smaller version of Photoshop overall, here's an opportunity and a place where you can go to learn how to use that. Because I always hear, but I don't know how to use it, or it's too big, I'm afraid. Now, through Flurn, you have a resource where you can learn, be it the free YouTube videos or some of their more paid tutorials. And let's face it, you only need to know a few skills to get exactly what you're needing. So I don't want you to shy away from it because you don't know yet. If we don't know, that just means you need to find out where to learn. And here you go. Erin <laughs> Nace with Flurn. So there's that. What would you say about Photoshop Elements, Erin? Photoshop Elements is a fantastic program. And I think if it's working for you, continue with it. Or start it. Or start it. I personally, I would say if you're just starting out, period, I would recommend starting out with the full Photoshop program because it can do more than Photoshop Elements. So you may run into the time with Photoshop Elements when you're like, I just want to do something and I can't get it done in this program. That's when most people transition to the full Photoshop. So Photoshop Elements, it's a little bit more of like, I guess like a simplified version of the full Photoshop. But my recommendation, if you're like, that sounds scary, whatever, we have a tutorial on Flurn.com that's called the Beginner's Guide to Photoshop that takes you from, hey, I've never opened this program all the way to, wow, I can retouch. I can do simple composites. I can do all this stuff that I've seen other professionals do. And it takes you through the entire process all by video. So you don't have to worry about taking these years and years and years of learning to get to this point one tutorial and you're gonna know Photoshop. Wonderful. And you guys, and you and I haven't talked about this, Aaron, but as I was talking to Lupe within your organization, you guys are offering us a discount if any of our listeners are interested in purchasing any of the products from you. Do you want to share that or should I? You go ahead. I just want to also mention that we're kind of like Netflix, right? It's a subscription. So basically you pay your annual subscription and you get access to all of our tutorials. So you don't have to pick and choose. You can come in and watch product retouching for e-commerce. Then you can move in to learn about Lightroom that we talked about earlier. Then you can learn about Photoshop. You get access to all of the tutorials, all of the assets, all the sample images. So you can really kind of like go where your creativity leads you. Love that because you can also learn over time. Exactly. You can go in when you need a specific skill, you could go in and find it and then carry on and then come back again and find what else you need as you go. So Erin, thank you. You've so generously given us a 20% discount on a subscription and Gift Biz listeners to take advantage of that. You'll go over to their website and Flurn is P-H-L-E-A-R-N.com. Yes, of course, it's going to be in the show notes. And the discount code is GIFTBIZ20 altogether. No spaces. GIFTBIZ20. Again, that'll also be in the show notes. So, okay, Erin, advice for someone who's listening, optimistic, excited, and then it's a day after they've listened to this podcast and they're thinking about their photography once again. What is your motivational talk to them in terms of getting started with their photography? 
I would say start out with little things as simple. Take little steps at a time. This doesn't have to be some like huge investment of your time or energy. I would say even just spend a couple more minutes thinking about what's in front of the camera. Like I fell in love with photography when I was traveling in South America and I was just in really amazing places. The camera that I had was totally okay, but it wasn't even as good as the current iPhone. So because I was in these great places, every picture that I took turned out great. So pay more attention to what you're photographing. If the thing you're photographing looks amazing to you, then your camera is going to capture that. So sometimes you're in beautiful places and nature just kind of takes care of itself. Other times you're setting things up, but I would say spend the energy on the setup, spend the energy on what you're looking at. And then the camera is just the thing that's going to capture this beautiful scene that you put together. And I'm thinking, well, first off, we all don't have to go to South America to practice. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. But even like if you're out on the weekend with your kids or if you're at the zoo or they're just playing in the backyard or something, that could be a good place to just practice. Then you've got photos of your family, which is awesome. But in terms of lifestyle and interaction with the kids and just playing around with the camera. So it doesn't have to be the formal setup for your business as you start perfecting these skills either. You can integrate it in with your life. A hundred percent. And I would say if you want to take better pictures of your family, try to get out during sunrise or sunset because the light is beautiful. You can't do better than working with good light. Again, all the camera does is capture the light that's in front of it. So if you've got beautiful light, the camera is going to do a good job capturing that. Oh my gosh, Aaron, you are so right. I just got back. I was in Phoenix last week. And I did a photo shoot. And at some point, this is going to be on my website, Gift Biz Listener. So if you're listening to this podcast later, probably within a month or two from now, this is right now, what is this, August 2019, you'll see those pictures. But I've taken pictures here in Chicago, Aaron, and then we were outside, to your point of being outside, in Arizona with that sun we'll forget about the heat, right? (laughs) But I saw such a difference in the quality of the photos because of the light. It was amazing. It really makes such a big difference. If you're looking outside and you're like, it's beautiful out there, get out there and take some pictures. They're going to be beautiful as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what's the future of Flurn, do you think? Or of your career overall? Tell me what you see in the future for yourself. So, Flurn is super cool in that we've been making tutorials for over 10 years teaching photography, Photoshop, Lightroom. And what we're doing now is bringing in other creatives to help them share their passions and share their skills with everyone else. So we got the tutorial thing. We've been doing it for a while now. So it's really fun for us to take other artists and really put them in the spotlight. And for instance, we've got a tutorial we released not long ago called Mobile Editing with Elise Swopes. And she's on Instagram, at Swopes, that's S-W-O-P-E-S. And she creates these beautiful fantasy composite images all on her iPhone, everything. She takes the pictures on her phone, she's compositing, putting these images together on her phone, and she does some beautiful stuff, like making, there's a waterfall in downtown Chicago, some incredible, incredible work. So. She's one of the artists we featured recently where not only are we featuring her work, but she shows you how to do these things from start to finish as well. So that's what I'm excited about. Well, you've piqued our curiosity. We're all going to go over and look at all of this now for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. 
Thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate your time here and walking through, even for the newbie. I think this all sounds doable. And we've also given some tips for people who want to take it to a deeper level. But clearly, there's really no reason for us not to have quality pictures on our websites, in our brochures, any literature that we have. It's achievable and not expensive. If you already have your phone, it's pretty much free. So no excuses, I would say. (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. Once again, I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Thanks so much, Sue. Okay, time to go outside and take some pictures. (laughs) And don't forget about Aaron's generous 20% discount if you want to upgrade your knowledge of Photoshop, Lightroom, and edit like a pro. Next week, we're in for some fun with a sister team. They've come together with separate educational backgrounds to create something really sweet. We'll get into all of that on the next show. Make it a great week and bye for now. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those of you who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.